Hello, thank you. Hi, I'm uh, Gabriel, uh, and I'm an adult child in recovery. And I appreciate everybody being here and everybody's service. Um, I know that the format is to, I just heard reading one of the tools, but um, is it okay if I uh, share in my own way or, or is that something? Okay, cool. Um, so uh, for time, I'd like to be just uh, reminded when I have five minutes and then one minute. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Reshma, thanks for, for keeping time. Sure. Uh, okay, so uh, the thing that um, I wanted to talk about today was uh, this, um, when I was uh, in high school, or even in, yeah, when I went, went to high school, I uh, grew my hair long, kind of like, like it is now, which is, you know, the pandemic, um, I grew my hair and because, you know, it's easier to not have to get haircuts and stuff, but it just, it's bringing me back to being in high school, just this length of hair that I have right now. And I grew up in the Dominican Republic where we wore uniforms and we were expected to keep our hair short if we were men and women kept their hair long. And um, I was expected to wear a certain kind of shoe, uh, not sneakers, but like leather shoes. And I remember um, as a young teenager just thinking, I'm, I'm in school because I want to learn, not because I want to be told what hair, what, how to have my hair or what kind of shoes to wear. And um, I am um, also a singing teacher and I'm a voice teacher, and I remember um, going to college for singing and having my first uh, voice teacher trying to get me to sing um, with classical training, which I was not interested in. I wanted to be more of kind of like a rock star when I was young. So these two things uh, give me some information on, on just my nature of kind of wanting to be more of an individual and be more unique and not conform to like the standards. And I don't want to get political because that's not what recovery or ACA is, but you know, with, uh, in light of the recent kind of conversation around, um, white supremacy and, you know, I'm a person of color. I grew up in the Dominican Republic. My mom's Dominican. Um, and even just me wanting to have my hair longer and curlier, I know it's like slipped back right now. Um, that being a problem and me being expected to sing with these like European kind of standards of like standing up straight and opening my throat and singing from my diaphragm and all that stuff. When the kind of singing that I like to do is more Afrocentric uh, because I, I like the rhythm and blues and I like the, a, grit, a little bit of grit in the voice. And I wanted to wear um, sneakers or flip-flops to go to school. And I just felt like one of the things that I've been really harmed by is society trying to get me to be this Eurocentric kind of person. And I know I probably look very much like that. And it's probably a result of being brainwashed and conditioned into dressing a certain way, keeping my hair a certain way, looking a certain way. And as much as I fought that, um, then I sometimes succumb to that kind of model because, you know, this 
that we live in is very much uh, with those standards. And I feel like when I am more in my Afrocentric, natural kind of self, because I resonate more, I'm mixed. Um, my father's European, he's Caucasian and white, and my mom is Dominican. But I, I culturally grew up in the Dominican Republic, and I, uh, the, the music that I listened to was trumpets and drums and things like that. And so my personality is more um, not like, let me stand up straight and breathe into my diaphragm and open the throat and sing this way, or uh, let me sit down and wear this uniform and, and keep my hair short and wear these proper shoes. I don't. I don't want that. Uh, I. I want to just kind of be free. And to me, what freedom meant was being able to grow my hair long, wearing comfortable sneakers because I was going to spend a long day in school, and then I had to be confined to this like desk and chair and stuff like that. And I normally talk about my my um my mom and dad stuff in ACA, but now I want to talk about my. Um, society and culture stuff and 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 that stuff really harmed me um, and the thing that harmed me the most I think is is that me being this more afrocentric kind of inclined person even though I seem like a total hypocrite right now because I don't look like that but in my heart and soul I feel more like that um, I've I felt like whenever I let my hair loose and and dress you know more down and and relax and have a little curve on my spine and uh, just don't look so polished and so Europeanly organized um, or make up words like Europeanly or whatever um, that then. I get judged by the, the cultural and social standard. That's my perception, at least, that there's something wrong with me and that I'm crazy and that um, I'm wrong and defective and broken and that I'm not fitting in and that I'm um, breaking all the rules or being too rebellious. So I, in school, I was um, in detention a lot. But I was like a really good kid with really good character and really good um, values and principles. I just wasn't conforming. And the fact that I wasn't conforming then was being mirrored to me like there was something wrong with my character, with my constitution, and that I was somehow defective or broken. And um, I, I suffered a lot because of that. And add to that the stuff that was going on with my mom and dad, um, I think that my mom and dad who are divorced, um, got divorced because my father being more European and my mom being more Dominican, they, my father wanted my mother to be more European-like and my, my mother wanted to be, my, uh, wanted my father to be more, you know, Latino-like or, or uh, whatever that means. And, you know, just more uh, laid back because, you know, the Dominican Republic is an island and my dad was just very scheduled and regimented. And I, I have my idea, and I'm probably not the only one who thinks this, that, you know, in Europe, because they have those stark seasons and here in the States, there's a lot of more planning and a lot more uh, boundaries, like physical. But in an island, everything feels open and you're like just hanging out with people and people are 
So what we would call healthy boundaries in a country like this, uh, if, if we go to an island, it seems like there's no boundaries and everybody's in each other's business and stuff like that. But I think that's a result of the environment. And so me having been born here in the States and going to the Dominican Republic and then coming back, like I feel a lot of times like I have whiplash from like how everything changes, like, like all the rules. So here I'm not allowed to be as friendly and warm because then it seems like I'm being creepy or intrusive or weird. And then when I go back from having spent a long time here and I'm a little bit more to myself, it seems like I'm being cold and aloof and distant and like conceited. And, you know, I, I speak English and I speak Spanish and I'm bisexual, so I date men and I date women. And I just feel this like crazy thing where it's like I can't find the, the, the ground of like how to be as a person. And I feel that that's like one of the main secret internal themes because externally I act as if I have it all together and everything's okay. And uh, I've learned to conform and, and dress like this and respect all these rules and boundaries. For example, I, I just moved to a new apartment in the Upper West Side in New York City and I'm used to knowing who my, it's a building and there's only two apartments in this floor. And I introduced myself to my neighbor when I uh, bumped into them uh, in the hallway. And um, it, I felt like I was, I was met with this energy of like, why are you introducing yourself to me? Like that, we don't do that. And in my mind, I'm like, well, we live on the same floor and we're neighbors and it might be good to know each other's names at least and things like that. But then I get in my head. And so all these things, I'm basically turning the inside of me out uh, in this share and just saying like all of the struggle uh, that I have uh, been with. And then this battle of this idea that there is like this right way to be and how that keeps changing when I interact with any person. So some people love that I'm friendly and warm and open. And some people think it's just too much. And just my constant having to be attentive and attuned to the other person so that I can adjust like the way that I am. Some people think I talk way too much. Some people love the amount that I talk. Some people might even think that I don't talk enough like when I'm relating to them. And just that constant spinning inner question of like, how should I relate? How should I be? If every time I interact with someone, everybody has such different expectations and if, depending- Five minutes left. Thank you. Um, and if every time that I'm in a different context, like if I'm at work or if I'm at home or if I'm outside or if I'm in New York City or if I'm in New Jersey, um, if I'm in the suburbs, if I'm in this, like how every single rule of how to be and how to behave changes. If I'm in the Dominican Republic, if I'm in the United States, if I'm a tourist somewhere, you're just having to kind of constantly study the culture or the person's like body language and the person's um, ideas of what the correct way to be as a human being is. You know, if I'm in the rooms and the 12 steps, like with uh, things like that, or, or if I'm out in a context with my family who 
don't do any recovery work or rooms. And I have this idea that when I speak, I shouldn't be interrupted, but they have an idea that it's totally okay to interrupt someone when they speak. And then not being rigid on like, well, this is the way we communicate um, because I'm not the ruler of the universe. So the, 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 the thing that um, I wanted to say about that, you know, me being non-conforming was that I think there was a very healthy adolescent um, looking to um, figure out who I am and, and, and define my style and myself. And that was met with like, you will not be an individual. You will be wearing this uniform, you will have this haircut and you will wear these shoes. And to me, in hindsight, like that feels very oppressive and very abusive. Um, and I feel like I am still dealing with the, I remember as a, as a kid, when I went to school, like in just elementary, I'd have to put my hand, we all had to put our hands on the desk and I didn't even go to a Catholic school, uh, like a religious school. I think it was just a regular mainstream Dominican Republic school, garden variety school put my hands on the desk and if my nails were longer than what they were supposed to be, I would get whacked. And so where I'm at with all of this now at 37 is trying to find some kind of balance in the way that I perceive that. And I don't go, that was all bad and that was all wrong. I think that some of that was trying to kind of shape me to be an individual that was able to kind of live in the society with others in a way that um, that that was going to set me up, you know, for success. So, like, I wear deodorant, I brush my teeth, I uh, shower pretty much daily. I I I wear clothes. I don't go out naked. Um, I I there's a certain way in which I relate to people, and I think some of it was like trying to mold me and shape me into like you know be one of us humans and kind of behave the way that we do. But every time I was an employee somewhere, there would just be something that about me and my personality that just wouldn't fit. And that's probably why I, I'm self-employed now. And, you know, that's a whole thing. Like every, any time that I'm um, in a position where I'm subservient or, or I have a boss and that boss dictates like so many things about what I get to do and what I don't get to do, um, it, it just doesn't end up working for me because there's something about just my innate nature that's very sovereign, very independent and wants to be me and I want to be myself. One minute left. Thank you. I, I don't I don't want to be told who or how to be or who how to sing. So now when I teach, I don't teach that way. I don't tell my students do it this way. I ask them how they want to do it, and then I look for how I can support them in doing it that way. Um, and if I'm ever working with someone, like I try to honor that. And I understand that sometimes, like if someone doesn't kind of have guidance and they need clear instructions on what to do, I also do my best to do that. But um, it's just, I guess, the whole thing is, it's like this is all very challenging for me, and um, I hope that this was of some use to some of you and I would love to hear uh, any shares around what I've shared about how people relate to it and any insights or experience, strength or hope that they have. And um, 
I really appreciate the opportunity to speak today. I had a lot on my mind and heart, and I appreciate you listening.